welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 2nd of September 2017. No writing on one fatal error this week. We're in the final week of summer holiday mode, so school begins on Monday. I have a child going off to university and one staying off for the year, taking a year out. So uh, we're back to normal, if you want to call it that, from next Monday. My wife goes back to work too. She works part-time, term-time. And poor old me, I've just been working all the way through. Uh, but I've managed to squeeze the writing out. Um, you'll know if you listen to this diary every week that I always get jittery at the summer, but I have managed to keep my writing up, albeit I've had to move the schedule round. Everything's been done in a non-normalised way, but I'm still on target. So nothing for one fatal error this week, but lots of other work done. So um, Burden of Guilt came back from Helen Fazal, my editor, and so I was working through that last weekend. It took me three days to work through that. It was a pretty clean read, actually. When Helen sent it to me, she said, oh, you know, I don't think this will take you very long. Um, and she's been through it, obviously, with a fine tooth comb. She, she's had it for about six weeks, I think. So she does a lot of work on it during that time. So what happens then is when I get it back from Sarah, if you think that my wife's read it, um, I've been through it. Uh, a couple of times before Helen gets it to tidy up. Helen goes through it several times, sends it back to me. I went through it last weekend just to make those final changes. And usually at this stage, you know, maybe one or two tiny little things that Helen's just missed uh, that I caught, um, one or two, just trying to think, plot points. Usually timing, actually, just the time scale um, that I, I really just tighten up when I do that final read, not, not a lot, to be honest with you. And then when I was finished with it, I sent it back to Helen, who, who gives me one last, uh, you know, quick proofread just to make sure I've not made any spelling mistakes uh, in it. Cause we're, we're pretty tight by then. So it's been through a, a lot. We've been through a lot of times by uh, that stage and, you know, touch wood, it should be pretty good by, by the time we're getting there. Um, so, you know, it's a straight read. It's fine. Good story. I went through it twice last weekend. I'm very happy with the story. Uh, it works well. Um, and then I, I have now turned it into um, a Kindle version and I've turned it into a paperback version. Now, I've used Vellum to do this. I, I just got to tell you this. I know I keep going on about it, but if you're not using Vellum to format your books, really, you've you got to give it a try. I, I actually enjoy formatting my books now because I, with Vellum, you just pull your, your Word document in. You You have to set up just a few little bits uh, to say that really they're just styling you know do you want a great one of these great big three line letters at the beginning of the chapter which I don't like or do you want it indented or not indented just very very simple style things that um, that you just say this is how I want it to look and you have to choose the I have little breaks between uh, not chapters but chapter sections and you have to choose the styling of those do you want them curly or straight that just very simple styling things and then you basically drop the document in and it just looks amazing straight away and you click generate and you've got files for every format that you want so 
they just look brilliant. When I think of the days when I used to, what I used to go through is I used to upload the doc file, I used to put it into Kindle, then download the HTML file, change the HTML, check it, check it, check it, and that was it. It's so much easier with Vellum. And for the first time with Burden and Guilt, this time, I used Vellum to create the paperback version. So the last, how many have I done now? The last five, no, four. Yeah, the last four thrillers. I've sent off to get formatted. I was extremely happy with that service and it, it wasn't expensive either. And this is the first time I've used Vellum for a paperback. And I, I gotta tell you, wow, it's just amazing because what I did is I, I, I created the paperback file. Well, actually, it just created automatically when you're creating your Kindle file. So I uploaded that to create space because I wanted to see what it looked like. Um, so sent it to create space, put the cover up, did all the bits and pieces you have to do in create space, uh, submitted it. Uh, not for sale, but for review. And once Create Space have said, yeah, that's fine, you can sell that, rather than me putting it on sale, because I haven't got the final, final version just yet. This is just me checking it looked okay and things. I downloaded my proof copy and everything's right. You know, like the page numbers, um, all the conventions of a book where you've got blank pages and, and chapters starting on certain pages, all your odd and even numbering. And I, it's just perfect first time. No hassle whatsoever. And when I think of a hassle I had with the secret bunker when I did that the first time and I was trying to do that in Word, for goodness sake, I was trying to format them myself. You know, it's just nothing by comparison. Now, you may think that Vellum feels expensive at, at whatever it is, $200, I think it is, something like that. It absolutely is not in terms of the time that it will save you. Now, on the resources page this week, or if you go to my blog at paulteague.com, if you are a PC owner, you can't use Vellum straight out the box. You've got to use a little workaround. But let me tell you, it is worth every part of that to format your books in Vellum. It's so easy and, and frankly, so cheap compared with what you'd have to pay somebody else to do it. It's a, I would just say buy the software outright and then you could just use it for evermore. So I know I'm enthusing about Vellum again. But I, I just, it's, you know, there's not many things where I say, look, just do this. <laughs> and with Vellum, I'm saying, just do this, because it's brilliant. And if you're not sure, you could use Vellum on a one-by-one on one basis. I think you can pay something like 20-something dollars and just format one book. Um, but first time I looked at it, you, you could actually go through the whole formatting stage, and then you only pay when you generate the files. And by the time I'd got to that stage with Vellum, I just thought, right, I'm having this. I can see this is absolutely perfect. So um, there's a link to my tutorials. And I've even got a, a paid for course. If you need a little bit more help, you know, more videos, more step-by-step -step help. But I, I have shown you how to do it for free on my blog. I've put the links on the show resources for this week. And please do check those out if you're, you are, you have done, or you're going to have to get into book formatting because Vellum is the, the place to go for that. Another book-related job that I got done this week, and I'm not really quite sure why I hadn't done this. Sometimes you look at things and you think, why didn't I do this? I know I've got to do this and I haven't done it. Um, I've published all of my thrillers, Don't Tell Meg, The Murder Place, Forgotten Children, and Dead of Night, and I'm just about to publish Burden of Guilt. And one of the things I haven't done is I haven't linked the paperbacks with the Kindles. Now, this is advantageous for sales, because when somebody goes to look at either the Kindle or the paperback, it puts those little buttons on where it you can toggle between Kindle and paperback versions. And this obviously helps you to sell paperbacks and if the paperbacks are too expensive it helps you to sell kindles it's a good thing to do you need to do it and i hadn't done this yet and i can't remember for the life of me why i haven't done this i, I think probably when the books were published I, I sort of expected it to happen automatically with kindle and then i got busy and just forgot but anyway i just wanted to mention this to you because it's a really easy job to do 
And I, I've linked four books this week. So whereas I had a great row of books on my Paul J. Teague author profile, now it's just tidied it up to a nice row of, of whatever it is, six or whatever it is, um, books now, because they're all properly linked in. And this, I think, helps you to sell more books. So if you haven't linked to your books, you need to. And all you need to do is when you're in your KDP panel, just go to the contact us section. And I just send that email straight off. I don't mess around with the, FAQ, I just send them an email straight off. And there's a little template in there and they, they tell you what they need, which is basically the ASIN, the ISBN, so they could link the right ebook with the right create space or whatever it is paperback that you've got. Um, and the title, obviously, and the author name. And you just sent them an email. I sent them an email with four, all of my thrillers on them. And you get a very nice email back within 24 hours saying that's been done. And it is. It's very easy to do. Um, so please do that if you haven't done it. It's quite an important thing to do on your books. And, and I need a big slap for not getting it done sooner because I should have done that. I was just doing some, you know, tidying up some admin and um, that needed to get done. One of the things I am considering doing on this podcast is sharing my income reports. Now, these are really embarrassing and uh, long term listeners to this podcast will know that I've just said to you, look, I don't earn very much. It's a bit embarrassing. I'm not going to share it. Just take it from me. It's not very good. <laughs> but this month, um, without any promotion, my net book income has been, uh, it was £380.30. I don't think there's anything extra to come in on that yet. Uh, but £380.30 for no promos and just, you know, literally sitting there and the books selling themselves. And by I say no promos, I mean, you know, I have promos on blogs and websites, but no paid promos. So that's £380.30, you know, in my business income, if you want. And um, that surprised me. I'm not really quite sure where that, all that came from. And I thought, well, you know, that's okay. One of my parameters with book income is to to earn as much as my wife does. Um, and she works part-time, term time. Um, so, you know, that's not a huge income, but it is an income that comes into the house and, and obviously plays its part in, in, in bills and things like that. And that sum there is um it, my, my wife's income varies slightly every month but that that's almost my wife's income um per month for that work uh with me doing making no effort whatsoever and that's always been one of my, my one of my first targets was to hit and then exceed that income because we're, we're then beginning to replace somebody's income within the house now my wife's not going to stop working she enjoys the work you know part-time term time it takes no effort whatsoever. It's very pleasurable. So she, you know, she would do it anyway. That's not, that's not the issue here. The issue is the amount of money. And, uh, whereas I mean, you know, I've, there's no, I have no ability, uh, no confidence that I would repeat that next week or that that would grow. I beg your pardon, not next week, next month, that that would grow next month. But, um, I've been safely on about a hundred pounds, over a hundred pounds for a long time now with my book income. And to me, that's my, that's my kind of baseline. You know, I always earn 100 quid. Um, I have done for a long time with my books, but but it hasn't really done much since then. Then we had that really good month where I earned over $1,000. And then I sort of thought, well, that's fine. You know, I'm not doing any promotion. That will probably drop back to its 100. But it's gone to £380.30, which to say, is, is a good month. And I know many authors would be happy with that. But it made me think, well, you know, that's that's getting quite interesting now. I know I know it's rubbish um, you know, I'm not going to be happy until I can replace my income, which which is a lot more than that. Um, that's when I'll start to get excited. That's when I'll start to get happy. But that income is growing. My my book income is is 
beginning to do interesting things now. It's not consistent. It's still get embarrassing <laughs> when you compare it to, you know, all the super authors who are out there. But my feeling with this was, well, look, you know, this is getting interesting. And because this podcast is aimed at aspiring and new indie authors, I felt that probably I ought to start sharing details of my income now in, in income reports. Now, you know, I'm hugely embarrassed about that because it's not very much income. And, and some months it's going to be, frankly, you know, just humiliating. But I did wonder if, as a listener to this podcast, you would like me to start to share my income reports monthly. So I, what I'm suggesting that I do is I tell you what came in this month. So um, I, I been, think I've been paid by Amazon this month, been paid by Draft the Digital. I should start getting Kobo. Well, I will. I have got a Kobo payment. And uh, who else? Uh, Google, if I ever sell any more books on Google, I'll start to get Google payments soon. So would you like me to publish my income reports? Now, what I want from this, because I'm a little bit embarrassed by this, and this, this is this is quite uncomfortable for me. I do want to get what they call a hell gear for this. You know, I don't want just one or two people to say, oh, yeah, that'd be all right, Paul. You know, I, I, I want to know if there's enthusiasm for this. So if you're enthusiastic about this, would you just send me either a tweet, a Facebook message, an email to paul at paulteague.com or go to my blog at paulteague.com or go to the website at paul at self what is it? Selfpublishingjourneys.com. There's a little um, envelope there where you can sell, send me a message via my help desk. But just give me kind of, if I get a hell yeah for this, you know, I get enough people saying, yes, please share your income reports. I, I will let that knock me over my, uh, you know, my self-doubt, my embarrassment about how little I'm earning. And I will start to share those with you. Um, so just let me know about that if you would. But I, I, I'm just at the stage where I'm thinking, right, this is still really embarrassing. But actually, it's going up. You know, it seems to be going up. We seem to be making some progress with this now. If I'm looking at my income thinking, do you know what? I'm all right with that this month. I'm, I'm happy with that in, in a small way this month. It hasn't solved the work problem. It hasn't, it's not going to allow me to go traveling the world yet. All right. That's what I'm working towards. But I feel now that, that, you know, in fairness in this podcast, I, 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 I ought to be sharing that, that money with you now. Because what I'm hoping, <laughs> it's not going very well so far, but what I'd love this podcast to be, you know, I, I, I'd love it if I managed to get to that sort of income level that I'm after. Um, and that this whole podcast, you, you, you were with me when I was earning nothing at all. And then hopefully, you know, you'll be with me when I'm earning a reasonable amount. Um, and you can follow the whole journey through in these diaries. That's, that's what I'd love. And, and you'll hear every stage, plus you'll hear those, months when I was hanging my head in my hand saying this just isn't good enough you know I'm doing loads of work here and it's just not good enough um so I, I, I we feel like we're on that tipping point now so just let me know if you would um I, I've gone on about that quite enough uh, but I'm happy to if I get that hell yeah so it, it's coming up to the end of the summer holiday now and I'm really happy to tell you that I have hit my exercise quota I always set my quarterly goals so I'm I'm working through quarterly goals for July to September at the moment and it's quite frightening this being the 2nd of September that we're, we're all when, it, when we get to September it always feels like we're out of summer and into those autumnal months towards the end of the year you know we're, we're heading towards the end of the year now that's a little bit um, frightening that it's here already but I did say that I'd let my exercise lapse and that I really wanted to during the summer when no one's getting up in the mornings and, and the house is mine or my family like to sleep in I'm the one who's always up early um, that I wanted to get some exercise done. I'm delighted to say that I've hit my, well, I actually have exceeded my quota because my, 
my quota was to try and exercise twice a week over the summer holidays. I have actually managed to sustain three times a week, which means I've, I've exercised 18 times over the past six weeks, um, at, which, which I'm just delighted with. And um, in actual fact, at the time I'm recording this, I'm, I'm probably going to go off and exercise after I've done this because I, I, I've managed to get that that habit back again, that that feeling where you get out, out of bed and you're thinking, right, it's exercise time now. And that's what I was after. I'd lost that. And the exercise habit is the same as the writing habit, that feeling that the internet's off, the phone's unplugged, I sit down with Scrivener open and I write and I sit there until my words are done. Exercise is exactly the same discipline. And that's why I want to keep the exercise up. So much of this is habit. So much of this is is setting up the expectation. You know, I have a routine when I write. I open up my my timer software that I use. I open up Scrivener. I open up the Novel Factory, which has all my plot notes and my character notes in. I close the door and I sit down and I write in three one-hour blocks. That's how I get the writing done. With exercise, I know the day before that I'm going to exercise. I have my shoes, my shorts, my gym socks, my white socks, um, and a t-shirt ready by my bed. I get up, I put it on, I grab my mobile phone, I plug in a podcast, and off I go and exercise. So I'm really pleased about that. Um, I, uh, I, I'm 52 now. I'm very aware. It's, it's really interesting being back at work, actually. We, we're on the third floor of a building. And there's only about two or three of us who use the stairs. And I use them all the time. I won't use the lift now. That's it's part of my my exercise, part of my steps every day. And um, it's interesting. And, and people are about my age and older in that office, predominantly. There are some younger ones. But it, I'm just amazed at how many people jump in the lift and say, oh, you know, knees are going or can't do the stairs anymore. And um, that that worries me. At my age, that worries me because it's it's only downhill from now. And I don't feel like I'm going downhill at all, not 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 physically. Um, I did a, a 5K run um, where we were in Spain, um, was it not last year, the year before. And I did that from cold, just based on the exercise I've been doing at home. And and all the time you could do things like that, you're, you're kind of hanging on for dear life uh, from ages, ravages. And, um, you know, so I, I, I really want to stay on top of this. I, I, I really do. I, I don't want to feel like it's slipping away from me. And that's why I think that exercise habit is going to be um, so important. And I, I, I want to keep it going. I don't need to be Superman. I just want to make sure that, um, you know, I'm doing something active, getting those steps in every day, because I don't want that decline to come in. Say so at 50, 52, you're on that, I think you're on that, that, that tipping point. And, and you'll know, you know, some, some, some people at 50, I think, wow, you look really old. I, I don't look as old as that. Uh, or you act really old. And I'm sure it's a state of mind. It's why I don't want to stop work. It's why I think writing is, is, you know, great future proofing for age. Because, um, you know, writing, um, if you think about it, um, what, what I, one of the things I love about the internet, when I was at the BBC, I used to work with a guy who used a wheelchair. This guy was hugely intelligent. I'm sure, I'm sure he was a, I'm sure he was a doctor. He used to get on really well. And, um, why I love the internet is the wheelchair didn't define him at all because he was writing. He wasn't defined by that at all. You didn't need to know any of that. You just needed to read his work and see how great it was and how sharp his mind was. And, um, that's why I love writing. And, and if you think about it, this is just going to get better because his dictation gets better and easier. You know, literally, um, you could have arthritis. If, if, if it came to that, so long as you could talk, so long as your, your brain's still active, you could still write books. Uh, and that's why I think, you know, writing is a great long-term thing to be doing. 
um, because it keeps you mentally active and you could be mentally active until you're 100 and something. Um, you, you know, and it's still, it's still work and it can still bring an income in, but it's not location dependent. It's something you can take with you. And one of my aspirations certainly is, is, you know, as we, as the kids start to leave and, and we get our, our independence back, I, I really want to be location independent in the long term. Not sure when that will be. Oh, I can tell you it's definitely going to be by 60. Um, definitely. Um, but, um, uh, you know, you know, it, it might be a little bit earlier than that. I'm not, not, not quite sure yet. Um, but I, you know, this is something that's really important to me. So I think, you know, writing is a good investment in the future, not only as a, as a sort of financial investment, but I think in a, in a keeping your mind sharp. I don't ever want to retire and sit in an armchair reading, you know, reading the paper all day. That's, I, I just don't want that. I don't think any, I'm not sure that anybody wants that now. I think that when we talk about retirement now, I think we're talking about choice and freedom you know I, it's not it's not about not working for me I, I've always loved my work I've always had great work um and, and thoroughly enjoyed it you know for me it's about not having the nonsense in the office for me it's about deciding when I work for me it's about going to see a film at the cinema with my wife when it's quiet on a Tuesday um you know to keep away from the crowds that's what retirement is for me and I've kind of half got it at the moment to be honest with you you know that lovely flexibility and freedom but that's my prize that's my goal in this when I talk about retirement I'm talking about life freedom I'm not talking about giving up and stopping because I don't want to do that I can't imagine a time when I would want to to do that and say, oh, you know, that's it. I don't do any work anymore. I don't do anything anymore. I think that's a, a, that's not my outlook on life. So, um, choice is, is what I consider by retirement, complete choice and, uh, flexibility. And, you know, with life comes obligations. I got my kids. I love my kids. I'm so happy that we had the kids. But as the kids, you know, if you've had kids, if you've got kids, you'll know how this works. You have very, very, uh, dependent years when they're young. And it feels like, you know, you know, you often, I was working really hard when my kids were young. Um, you know, your career often comes at the wrong time uh, you, uh, when the kids come. I don't know what it is, actually. Maybe I, I had to go more senior at work. You know, I had I had to step out of being a troop and become a manager when my kids were born because my wife stopped working full time. And I had to make the money up um, when we had the kids. Um, and it just, you know, it felt like for a couple of years, I don't, and I, and I, I don't regret those. It's, I, I love, loved it when the kids were tiny, uh, but it just felt like you were working and busy all the time. And, and, and you parents will know this when you just sat down in the evening, and go, Ugh, you had no energy to do anything else. So I really admire people who write when they've got, when they've got young kids too, uh, and the, and the day job. Um, you know, so I, but I loved having my kids, but you go through phases and uh, my kids are getting older now. One's going to uni, one's taking a year out and going to uni next year. And we've still got uh, one of my children who's well, 16 in, in January. So they can all look after themselves now. And when you've been through that with young kids, you know, it's great when they can look after themselves and you can leave them in the house and that they're not as dependent as, as they once were. And that's the kind of phase of life that we're getting to now. So writing for me is also part retirement planning. It's part saying, okay, when the kids go, what kind of a life do we want to have? Anyhow, this is supposed to be a writing podcast, not a retirement podcast, but, uh, you know, that's kind of the plan. And that's why I do what I do and why I'm aiming for what I'm aiming for. And um, I interviewed Amelia Hay last night, actually, for the podcast. Amelia is a writing coach and is writing three books. She's got, I think, something like a 25,000, no, 26,000 word book, a 60,000 word book and a 108,000 word book, I think it is. So she's planning to launch all three at once. She does writing coaching. She's an entrepreneur. She gave me a great MailChimp tip, by the way. Great MailChimp tip. Now, 
I always reckon I'm fairly internet savvy, but this one I can click with me. It's a great little tip to turn MailChimp into quite a powerful um, CRM, quite a powerful tracking tool. So that's all coming up on the podcast with Amelia. That's going to run on the 2nd of October. So really enjoyed that chat. Um, you'll know, I was talking, when I interviewed Joanna Penn the other day, you know, Joanna was, uh, had looked at all my sites and things and was just asking me how it was going. And um, I was sort of saying, about the Patreon thing. And she says, well, I couldn't see Patreon on your site. I said, yeah, that's because I'm embarrassed by how little Patreon support I get. And she was just saying, you know, you've got to put these things on. Um, uh, Joanna was telling me that um, she's actually, I don't, I don't know whether this was, I don't think, was, was this confidential or not? Let, let, let me, I'll paraphrase it because I think it might have been, it might have been in confidence. Let, let's put it this way. Her, her podcast is going to be a, is, and is going to become a very substantial part of her income compared with the books. And so she was saying, you know, you need to keep doing this um, because it, it's, it becomes very powerful as part of your income. And you've just got to keep going with it. It's like the writing, you've just got to keep going with it. And it feels thankless at first. Um, you know, with my podcast downloads, uh, again, I hit another milestone this week. It's a small, embarrassing milestone, but we hit it. Um, my total downloads are now 23,000 for the podcast. Um, it's not to be sniffed at. It makes me cry when I hear somebody like, you know, uh, you know, well, Joanna has exceeded a million. And, and frankly, she deserves every bit of that. You know, 300 and something episodes over how many years has she done it? She deserves every bit of that because I know what it must be like for her, you know, doing that podcast every week. It's a lot of work involved in doing a podcast. That's not me bitching, but there is. It takes a lot of your time. And, um, you know, I enjoy it. And I'm lucky because it's easy for me because I don't have the technical problems that a lot of people would have with podcasts. Um, and you know, the Selbor Book Show, uh, they, they, they have a lot of downloads too. You know, they're talking about how many downloads they get a week. I've, I pretty safely now, I think, you know, like it's like with the book income, you hit different tiers. I think my, my podcast very safely is getting well over 2000 downloads a month now which is just ridiculous compared to other people's downloads. I mean, ridiculously small compared with other people's downloads. You know, but it, but at 2,000, it feels like a worthwhile thing for me to do. There's a there's an audience there. And, and, the, and actually, you know, forget the downloads. The most gratifying thing to me is um, that regularly now, um, people are coming forward through Twitter or through Facebook and get, or dropping me an email and getting in contact and saying how much they enjoy the podcast. And particularly rewarding for me is just how many people tell me now, um, you know, how valuable it is for a new or aspiring indie author. And so many people say, oh, you know, we listen to the other podcasts. They're all earning zillions of dollars. It's so important to have a podcast where there's somebody who's just like us. That's This is the most regular feedback I'm getting. So, you know, that feels very gratifying for me because that's the whole point of the podcast is for me to be just like you, you know, maybe one or two steps ahead. But in income terms, you know, struggling as much as you are um to, to get that income up and, and to be honest about that however however embarrassing it is so um anyhow that's a long way round of telling you that i i took um patreon off because i was embarrassed and then i've put it back on because of of what joanna said to me but also one of the things i said to joanna was um and I have shared this on the podcast before, is I don't like Patreon because it makes me donate monthly. And I don't like monthly payments. You know, I like to pay my electricity, my gas, everything I like to pay yearly. You know, tell me what I owe you, let me pay, and it's done. That's why. That's how I like to do my bills. Uh, just the way I manage my money. 
So I'd said to Joanna, you know, the re- I'd, I'd love to support on Patreon, but I don't like these piddly little amounts coming out every month. I like, I just like to pay you for a year and say thank you very much. So with that in mind, I've put a PayPal donate button on my site as well as Patreon now. And with po- PayPal donate, you could just sort of, you know, donate $10 and say, that's it. That's thank you very much. Um, or you could donate uh, a monthly amount. You could just donate what you want. And, and frankly, that would suit me more. So, you know, I said to Joanna, if you could put that on your podcast, you know, I, I put hundred dollars on for the year or something like that. Thank you very much. I get a lot of value out of this podcast and then I could just forget it for a year and that would just suit me absolutely fine. So I've done that on my own po- podcast. Now, if you go to selfpublishingjourneys.com, you'll now see, uh, the Patreon donate button and the PayPal donate button as well. And uh, I'm going to stick with it. Uh, you know, grid and bear it a little bit longer, however embarrassing it is. And um, the other thing, by the way, uh, that you can help me with this is when you, when you do Patreon support, um, you, you offer, uh, you know, tiers of reward for people who support you on the podcast. And I've got these tiers of reward, um, which are generally, you know, plug in your book, um, you know, mentioning you on social media, th- things like that. Um, if, if you think there are better rewards that I could put on the better incentives, will you, will you let me know? If there's something that you sort of think, oh, I listen to Paul every week, you know, this would be really useful. I'd really like to get this. Can you just let me know? And, um, I might be able to enhance, improve those rewards, rewards to make them more attractive to potential Patreon supporters. Just let me know. It would be useful to you. So for instance, you know, Joanna does this, um, monthly Q and A session. Now, um, in terms of Q and A, you know, I, there's a lot I know about the web. There's not much I can't answer about, you know, websites, Facebook, Twitter, social media, all those things. Not many things I couldn't answer about that. And there's not much I can't answer about the how to of books. What I can't tell you yet is how to make a million dollars out your books. You know, I'm struggling with that bit myself, but I can tell you the how to of, of everything because I've done it. Um, so many times, as you know, um, you know, so would a Q&A be a more useful resource on Patreon? Would that encourage you, you know, to support the podcast, a, a unique Q&A, uh, you know, webinar or Google session just for Patreon supporters? Just let me know. Uh, it would just really help me if you tell me what, what your thoughts are on that, because I'd be very happy. It's no, no, I love doing this sort of stuff. You know, I'd be very happy to do a, an exclusive uh, you know, one hour Q and A session with you where you can submit your questions by email beforehand and I'll just work through them and show you how to fix things. Um, you know, on a, on a webinar or something like that. So just let me know and, um, and I'll try and improve those packages. We're running quite long today. Uh, just a couple more things to tell you. Um, I noticed this week, uh, one of the authors that I've done a, a, a an Insta freebie giveaway in the past, he was, he was promoting an Insta freebie giveaway. And I, and when I spot things on the web, I'm, I'm all over them. I'm having a look at them thinking, right, have you done that? How can I do that? What can I learn from that? And, um, what I learned is that Insta freebie is now offering. And if you've got Insta freebie, you, I think it must be a paid for feature because it's in my console. But if you've got Insta freebie, they're now doing group giveaways. This is just inspired. Well done, Insta Freebie, for this innovation. This is inspired because when, um, if you've ever taken part in an Insta Freebie giveaway, um, it's been in the hands of geeks like me who can set up lovely web pages and, and do all the graphics and things like that. And, and Insta Freebie are now offering uh, a service whereby you could you could run your own giveaways, and they take the strain, all the covers and the listings come in, and it's just you know it's just inspired on Insta Freebies part, and it's why I like the product because they keep innovating. I, I love 
people who keep innovating. And, and that's what they're doing. So if you want to join these, these group giveaways now, uh, on InstaFreebie, you don't need to do any tech. It's just in your console. Um, and you're going to see a lot of these, I think. Now I'm really pleased because when I was doing these giveaways, one of the things I was thinking of is, mm, should I start to do these for authors? Should I, could I charge for this? And what I realized was after doing a couple, I, I mean, I grew my list massively. It's, it's great to run these giveaways. Certainly, uh, my, my list just grew like anything. Um, but I, my, my view of it was, no, I can't make any money. You know, people wouldn't pay enough money for the time that it takes to run these giveaways. So it's not, it's not something I'm going to do. Um, I discounted that. I'm really pleased I did because <laughs> InstaFreebie would have just blown my business model out of the water with this very simple change that they've made. Um, so it's really good. Do check it out. If you want to grow your email marketing list with authors who are in the same niche as you, then, uh, then by all means, do that. And, and incidentally, Joe, I've just thought when I was talking about Patreon earlier, you know, what are the, what are the things that, that we could do as, as for Patreon supporters is, you know, I love doing webinars. And one of the things we could do perhaps every month is I, I could maybe put three topics up. And one of those topics might be how to set up an Insta freebie group giveaway. And I could just do you a, a webinar. You know, I could just do a webinar. You could vote on the topic that you wanted. I could, the webinar choices might be something this month, like how to set up automation in MailerLite, how to set up an Insta freebie group giveaway and then maybe I could offer those to Patreon supporters and, and you could just vote on the one that you want the one that gets the most votes is the one I could do so just think laterally around that but just drop me a line and let me know what would work for you but do check out those group giveaways um, something I discovered this week is a little bit worrying actually because I've you know WordPress has been brilliant for about 10 years WordPress has been the place to go but I'm beginning to read articles now that WordPress is about to change they're about to give it a big makeover uh, in 2018 it's going to be WordPress version 5 it's a little bit worrying actually because I hope they're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater you know I've I committed to WordPress a long time ago and I'm just beginning to read articles now where I'm thinking oh you gods here we go you know they're tinkering with something that doesn't need tinkering with and this just might blow WordPress out of the water um and I really hope, oh, dearie man, I really hope they don't do this. But I came a cropper the other day. You've heard me rant about my nonfiction before, and, and this is it now. I went to do a corporate training last week, um, Hostinger, which is the service I'd been using to demonstrate how you can set up a WordPress account for free without even having to put your credit card in. Hostinger have, um, have stopped doing that now, and They've merged with another service called 000 Webhost, and, and that's how you do your free site now. And the 000 Webhost service is not as easy as hosting it was. So when I was training it last week, I was having all sorts of technical issues with it. You know, it's a grrr. And then it also meant that this week I've had to change the text in my WordPress Unboxed book. So I've, I've gone back into the file. I, I Last weekend, I, I wrote some new content and created some new screenshots. And WordPress Unbox is now updated again to reflect these changes. And, you know, if WordPress changes wholesale, just forget that book. It's coming off sale. You know, I, I, I think I really am done with not fiction. I'm, I'm not going to teach, um, this geeky stuff via book anymore. So my WordPress Unbox book, my MailChimp Unbox books, that's going to be the last of it. Um, with, with that style of nonfiction. So all the other books I've got, the Facebook, the LinkedIn, the Twitter, they're going to stay up for sale. I'm going to clearly mark when they were updated, you know, when the last edition was. So it's up to you, buy and beware. You know, there'll always be good marketing tips in there, but the interface might have changed. And I'm going to let them sit there, but I'm going to let them get out of date. 
And if I do not, I do want to do nonfiction again because nonfiction is really easy to sell. And I was having a big conversation with Joanna Penn about this too. You know, she, 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 she's been at it a lot longer than me. And, and she was just saying how it drives a spare, you know, having to, to update the nonfiction stuff, which is why she's moving into topics now that don't need updating as much. And, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm drawing a land, line in the sand. I ain't going to do a webinars one. Facebook isn't get updated. Uh, you know, I am done with that that style of non-fiction they're just going to sit there now i'm going to thrash them as much as i can before they go out of date make as many sales as i can and, and then i'm done with that style of non-fiction I, I need to find non-fiction topics that i can write about with confidence that that don't date like that so i'm telling you now that's a declaration you know it's going to be non-fiction uh which doesn't date from from now on but I will let those, I want to claim those books. I'm not going to take them off sale. I'm just very, going to very clearly mark them. I want them in my back catalogue. I'm just going to clearly mark when they were updated so that people can, you know, they'll gradually, the sales will drop off as they get older and older, but they will stay against my author name. Um, uh, but I need to come up with, I need to come up with a new trick. I'm not quite sure that's going to be yet, to be honest with you. Um, you know, so for instance, I, you know, time management and organization are things I love and, and read a lot about. And, and, and I might move into, I might write about those topics because I know a lot about them. I've studied a lot about them. And, um, you know, when people sort of see how much I get done in a limited time, they always say, I'm, I'm always, you know, envious of how much you get done. Well, that's just done with time management techniques. So, you know, there's a book in that. Um, uh, there's a couple of books in that. Um, so I may, may, may move into those topics, but nothing coming soon. If, if I, if I start to write those, that ain't happening until 2018 now, uh, because, you know, that's not how the year's going to pan out. Um, on the, uh, resources page this week, I've showed you a screenshot of my paperback sales. Um, I had good paperback sales this month. Um, selling a lot of paperbacks at the moment. And, and, and dare I say it ironically, a lot of those are the non-fiction books. So I've just showed you my royalties. So um, in US dollars, I've sold 21 units. That's, uh, well, just short of $60. I've sold 70 quid's worth of books, um, which is 59 units, and 11 units of uh, in, in euros, which is 22 euros. So I've sold over 100 and something... I don't know what that is. It must be, it's over a hundred pounds safely. Hundreds pounds worth of paperbacks this month. And, um, not really quite sure, you know, how or why that's suddenly gone up, but it has. So, um, I've put a screenshot of that royalty summary, um, on the resources page. So you can have a look at that. But again, you know, that's very gratifying along with the, the ebook sales that I've been making. That's just taken a nice little bump this month. And I didn't think I was doing very well. I look at my income every, every day, like most of us do using um book report and um i didn't think it was very much but it's obviously accruing quite nicely so i'm very pleased about that two two last things to mention blimey i think this is the longest diary ever apologies for this um i just wanted to thank patrick sheriff uh patrick is based in abiko i think that's how you say it abiko in japan and i do hope uh Patrick, you, you weren't part of all the scare that happened in Japan this week with the sirens going off and things like that. Uh, but Patrick uh, uh, tweeted an image from an art supply store in Inzai in Japan. And I can't tell you how exciting that was. I, I think Patrick sort of tweeted it live and I saw it come up at the feed. And for somebody to be listening in the pod, to the podcast in Japan at that moment, sending a photo of me seeing it on Twitter, I mean, isn't that just wonderful? That that's just wonderful communication. So, uh, Patrick, thank you for listening to the show. You're very welcome here. Thanks ever so much for sending that picture uh, from Japan, and um, it's great to have you on board as a listener. 
Final thing from me this week, I'm doing a talk for the Society of Authors in Manchester at the Art Gallery in the city centre there, real posh venue. That's going to be on Saturday the 4th of November, and um, I've put the link to that on the resources page. Um, I can't, I can't, it's awful, this isn't, I can't even remember what I'm talking about, but I think it's kind of about, um, Society of Authors are going to be mainly traditionally published authors. And I, I know, um, Colin Shelbourne is a local author who's a member of the Society of Authors. I'm interviewing him for the podcast next week. He writes books, has done for years, and is a cartoonist and, and illustrates books too. And Colin, um, got me connected with the Society of Authors and said, Paul should do a talk at one of our events. Because uh, Colin's consumed my sort of Facebook and geeky stuff, and uh, that's how I'm doing that talk. So it's you know it's connections, it's networking again. Um, so a little bit nervous about it because not an audience I'm I'm familiar with uh, traditional authors, but hopefully I can add lots of value to them and, and and teach them some of our indie author ways. So that's the fourth of November, and then uh, about a month before that, I'm doing the Carlisle Borderlines event. So I'm now I booked in to talk at three author events. I'm also talking at Crime and Publishment, which takes place in, I think it's February or March in 2018. So again, there's a little change there, getting some paid author events now, which is also interesting because this is all part of an author business and all of this, you know, comes in as income, which is great. So sorry, it's been such a long one. Uh, My little clock here, my recording clock says we've been going for 41 minutes so far. By the time it's edited down, it'd be a slightly shorter, but apologies, it's been a long one, but I hope it's been informative. You know, for somebody who's not done any writing this week, well, I've done some writing. Uh, I did it for the WordPress Unbox book, but for somebody who's not done some fiction writing this week, that's an awful lot going on. And I guess it just illustrates that the author business isn't just about the writing. There's loads of things going on all the time networking, building an audience, you know, doing podcasts, loads of things going on all the time that help us sustain and build and develop that author audience. So they're all part of what we have to do as indie authors. So thank you very much for listening. Once again, I really appreciate it. Please do keep those tweets or photos coming of where you're listening to the podcast right now. It doesn't matter if you've sent me one before, if you're in a new place or doing something slightly different while you're listening to the podcast, just let me know. It's really great. This is a lovely thing about podcasts is the the number of things we could be doing uh, while we're listening. So thank you for that. Um, kids back to school, do everything back to normal for me next week. I don't think I'm writing. Am I writing next? No, I won't have been writing. When I talk to you on the podcast diary next week, I won't have been writing, but potentially I'm about to, to finish my book and, and write over three days. So next week on my, my schedule, I might be writing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days in a row and getting 15,000 words done, you know, in, in, in a week. So, um, not sure about that yet. Just got a couple of things on the schedule that I might have to tweak. But um, So I won't have written next week when I speak to you, but I will be about to write potentially. So I'll I'll update you about that when we speak next week. So I do hope you have a fantastic week of writing. Please join me on Monday for my uh, regular interview. That's going to be the 4th of September. My guest is Emily Bennett. Emily is an author, journalist and award-winning blogger. And you've got to listen to this podcast. Um, Emily was traditionally published. What she tells you about her author income during that time will make your eyes water. Emily also got um, a TV sitcom pilot based on one of her books, her first book. And she's going to tell us how that went and how much money she made from that. You will be astonished at the amount of money that she made from that. I'm not going to tell you whether it was high or whether it was low, but needless to say, Emily is now 
an independent author. You must listen to this. It's very, very, it was, it's eye-opening, um, the amounts of money involved. So if you've, if you've aspired to be a traditional author, make sure you're listening to the podcast on Monday with Emily Bennett. That's it from me for this week. I hope you have a fabulous week of writing. I'll speak to you next Saturday. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.